Welcome to No Clip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Diddy Kong Racing, a game that was developed by Rareware, published by Rareware and Nintendo, and was released in 1997 on the Nintendo 64. But first... (laughs) If you give us a like or a rating, it'd be greatly appreciated. (laughs) Also, happy April. And it is April again. This is the first full episode of April, um, a, which you would have gotten a taste of uh, last week when we talked about Super Monkey Ball. Um, but Diddy Kong Racing is actually endemic of why we started this in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, because we were like, man, we haven't talked about a single Donkey Kong game. Uh, and like we made references to Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've played them. It's they're not alien to us. Yeah. Uh but they are uh just somehow never came up. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's cuz JJ doesn't like platformers. Mm. A former member of the podcast. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then um both this game and uh Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze spoilers mm. uh were suggested for uh, last month or two months ago for Fan Brewery. So mm-hmm. we were like, we have enough games here to just do a whole themed month around monkeys. So let's fucking do it. Yeah. And Monkey Ball and Ape Escape, the other two games that we're doing, are definitely like ones that I've had sort of sitting around, clunking around in the back of the old noggin because mm-hmm. I played them as a kid and really wanted to, to get to them eventually. So uh, it's a golden opportunity. It's a golden a banana, banana opportunity. opportunity. <laughs> the joke wrote itself. It did. <laughs> uh, but uh, today we're not starting with a Donkey Kong title proper, but rather Diddy Kong Racing. Um, and with its release in 1997, uh, it comes out after uh, Mario Kart 64, and obviously very long after Super Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. So the kart racer genre was sort of ripe for something to try and do something a little different with it. Yeah, and I, I have no idea, like, when these games released, but there were a couple, like, on the PlayStation, like, Crash Kart mm-hmm. and Lego Racing and things like that. Yeah, and they all have, like, with I guess maybe the exception of Crash Kart, because I've I played, like, Crash Team Racing. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, they could have been two games that I would have uh, never known. Don't quote me on it, but I think it, it is Crash Team Racing. <laughs> okay, uh, and it is very... Mario Kart adjacent. There's not a. It doesn't have much of a gimmick. Yeah. Um, Lego Racers does in that you can build a car with Legos, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Diddy Kong Racing is the game, the kart racing game that you only ride a kart. Uh, well, you ride it most of the time, but there are two other vehicles that mm-hmm. that you swap into for certain races. Uh, and that's sort of the gimmick, but there's even more that goes deeper that I do want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, one of the biggest things to me as a kid that stood out is that it has a hub world mm-hmm. and is like marketed as like a racing adventure, <laughs> um, which definitely felt like, a, I think, a big deal to me at the time. I, I never owned this one. I, right. I rented it many times, but never actually... Uh, 
played it more than like a weekend at a time. Yeah, we're going to get deeper into this as the podcast goes along. But renting this game a week at a time might be like the, <laughs> the optimal way, way <laughs> to play this game. It lets you see all the best parts of the game without getting into the not as best parts <laughs> of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, mechanically speaking, this is a kart racer in like the purest form. Uh, you have a go forward, go backward, and drift button, uh, and you pick up and a hop, and you do hop, and you can pick up item balloons, which allow you to uh, use various like offensive and defensive capabilities, um, which actually is unique, at least as far as I'm aware. Mario Kart never really had like a shield. Or maybe it had one or something. Uh, I mean, you can use the bananas and the shells as shields. Right. Oh, yeah, the the three-shell circle. Mm -hmm. And you can just hold the shell behind you, and it'll block something. Yeah. But this has, like, dedicated, like, a bubble that you put around yourself. Yeah, and they've introduced the, I think it's called the super horn in in newer games, that if you hold it, and then it can uh, bust a blue shell. Right. I think I... This seems like a good place to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't really like kart racing games. <laughs> uh, not that I didn't play them. I played a lot of Super Mario Kart... No, that's a lie. Double I played dash. a lot of Mario Kart 64, a lot of Double Dash. Uh, and I played this game when I was a kid. A lot of this game, as the remnant <laughs> save file that was still on the cartridge uh, proves. But as I've gotten older... I've leaned way more into simulation racing as, like, my preferred genre. The racing as a whole is, like, pretty far down my list of things that I like to do. Uh, But car racers are... I think it is my dwindling, like... Like, my dwindling faculties, I'm unable to control as well as I would like. Yeah, like, in my head, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, (laughs) I, I always feel like you and JJ don't like them like i always thought it was funny like everyone in the world likes mario kart <laughs> and i do a video game podcast with the two people that don't yes um, <laughs> but um but i always thought of it as like both you and him really like games that like you can like take the time to get good at and with mario kart specifically because i don't have as much uh, experience with others mm-hmm. um you can only get so good like randomness is really factored into the design of the game at its core and that just seems like a thing that you don't have the patience for that or is... would rub you the wrong way yeah that is potentially true there's like a definite like there's random elements and there's like a hectic nature to the genre uh that to me just like feels i don't know how to describe it like bad bullshit yeah like some <laughs> bullshit and to make matters worse in this particular game uh, this is, this game is the embodiment of the, if you ain't first, you're last, because you cannot progress in this game unless you win every race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gets stupid later in the game for that to be true. Uh, but it is, it's like, you have this mentality of like the entirety of the rest of the racers don't matter on an individual level anymore. Mm-hmm. It's literally just you versus the pack at all times. Yeah, like, I, um, not to jump too far ahead, but, like, there is this octopus boss, and, like, I was having a lot of trouble with it, so, like, I looked up, like, tips on Google or whatever, and it was, like, try and get ahead of him as the best you can as soon as you can, (laughs) because once you get ahead of him, you basically just win, Mm -hmm. and, like, that does kind of 
uh, trickle down to the rest of the game. Like, if you can get a lead early, you can kind of just easily beat the race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always... There's um there's one level, it's in the ice world, um, that has, like... It's the part where you drive through, like, the village... And there's the big bridge, and then you oh, go like through the, the Christmas woods. trees. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that level. Fuck that level. But like, I played that <laughs> I level so much trouble. <laughs> I played that level a whole bunch of times in a row, and lost every one of them. But then the second that I had a run where I was in first, I just fucking steamrolled it. Nobody mm-hmm. could catch me. Uh, and it's really weird that way. Like it doesn't. Like, I think Mario Kart in the past has been criticized for having sort of a rubber banding with the AI, where if you get really far ahead, the people at the back will suddenly, like, jump way up ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's, uh, like, they do that to keep the game exciting. This game doesn't do that, and so the game oscillates between being frustrating and being too easy. In a weird way, because I would never call this game too easy on a holistic level. Yeah, like, that's one thing that stood out to me. Like, I think I was playing it like yesterday, and I got hit by an item from a like an from a an NPC, and I was like, I think that's the first time that's happened. <laughs> like, and, uh, items seem really de-emphasized in this in a mm-hmm. way that definitely feels like it makes it harder. Like, there, yeah, Mario Kart has those like catch-up items. And things that you can use to, like, uh, like that guy said, like, with the bananas or holding, like, a shell behind you or whatever. Yeah. To kind of, like, keep your lead um, if stuff starts creeping up on you. And this game just, like, doesn't really feel like it has that kind of balancing mm-hmm. in its design. Yeah. It has what I would call an interesting idea where if you get the same type of item, like, you always get the same item from the different colored balloons. But if you get the same color of balloon multiple times, the item upgrades. Uh, but in reality, what ends up happening is that the only good items in uh, PVE, is that what you want to call it? Mm-hmm. The non-two-player races. Yeah, the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> the, the adventure mode. That's probably what they would call it, yeah. if I had to guess. Uh, are homing missile and ten missiles. That is like the only thing that you really care about. Like, You're never going to even know if the drop behind you items hit. And like you said, like you could play this whole game and get hit by two items. So the shield items don't really do much. Yeah, it's mostly just you hitting the NPCs with them. Yeah. If you can. (laughs) And then things like the magnet are cool, but only really ever... Like, you'll never be able to upgrade them, really, unless you're just not using any items, because they're so uncommon. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's a cool system with like maybe a flawed execution, but also maybe not as that <laughs> flawed of an execution because like they serve a purpose and they do their thing. They're just like you said, de-emphasized. Yeah, yeah, and it almost feels like the tracks are too short to really let them shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the all the races in this game are a couple of minutes. Like they're all like Mario. Uh, speedway i don't know what it's called oh mushroom uh hold on royal raceway (laughs) royal raceway the one that's just a loop uh or no the mushroom circuit royal raceway is the first race in the the special cup always uh anyway it's it's a short level yeah the first the very first yeah yeah (laughs) anyway not important (laughs) we did not play mario kart to prepare for this episode yeah, all the levels are about that short. There's a couple that are longer, 
But for the most part, like like the one I was just talking about with the Christmas trees mm-hmm. is a really long one. It has a lot of wide open spaces. Uh, <laughs> that's weird also. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's like very short. And so you end up, you'll get items and like maybe you upgrade them, but you just hold on to them uh, most of the time. Unless yeah. they're boosters. Boosters are just always good. Yeah, like you, there are times when like I would just, yeah, just completely ignore whatever item. Like, yeah, like the, your actual, like it, it seems like it could be a good thing. But it's like you have to rely a little bit more on your skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then you have to like fight against the controls, uh, to, to really execute on your, on, on the skill side of things. That's true. And when you're trying to just win a race, uh, which for the record is basically the only thing I tried to do, uh, and I will, I will try and get into that a little bit later. Um, if you're just, if you just want to go from the beginning to the end, no other objectives, but win the race. A lot of times the balloons end up as being like horrible booby traps to pull you off course. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll snag that thing and then I'll have an edge. You won't. <laughs> you will lose because you accidentally hit a tree on your way over there and, and then everybody went past you. You. <laughs> <laughs> you fell on the bouncy water. Fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the reasons why the tracks are shorter is because the all the racers are rendered in 3D. Mm. Like um one, yeah, it was one thing another, another thing that like stood out about this game when it came out um other than the hub adventure mode angle was like Mario Kart used like 2D sprites kind of like Donkey Kong Country where they like rendered them out and mm-hmm. you use them as sprites. Um and so yeah, that made this game feel like more like modern and exciting and high tech uh, and better than Mario Kart cuz look it's 3D <laughs> um but yeah and so it, it ended up you have having to have like shorter tracks cuz you had to like manage the amount of polygons and blah 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 yeah and also it leads to hitboxes being extremely weird on mm-hmm, shit mm-hmm. uh, cuz it was it was the early days um which honestly I think is probably a good enough excuse for a lot of the things that I think went strangely in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always were ambitious. Rare. Rare, in the 90s, yeah. yeah. They, are, they, they always were a kidder, Steve. <laughs> One of the other interesting things that, uh, that this game did as opposed to something like Mario Kart is Mario Kart 64 is a game that, was ma- that its roster was made up of games from previous Nintendo games. Uh, I believe exclusively. I don't think anybody was introduced in that game yeah it's all just mario characters and donkey kong if you don't count him as a mario character (laughs) right which that would be a fun debate to have at some point (laughs) uh (laughs) but uh in this game it it wants to have that same feeling but rare doesn't have as deep a pool to draw from at least not at the time yeah of like recognizable characters to fit the aesthetic i they would be weird to put like uh, I I honestly don't even the remember battle the toads. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it'd be pretty cool, but they they are not in this game. So you get Diddy Kong and Conquer, uh, who are from other games and Banjo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you also get like Tip Top the Turtle, <laughs> uh, who I played as almost exclusively. Uh, and it's just like it feels they feel like original character designs that are perfectly well fit within Rare's catalog. Uh, 
But it's interesting that it is even called Diddy Kong Racing at this point, because the game bears almost no resemblance to a Donkey Kong anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I think this game came out before either Conquer or Banjo, so mm. it introduced those two characters. Um, and yeah, like I think this game started out as a completely like original idea, and I'm, I feel like the Tiger, whatever his name was, uh, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> well, we're Don't, gonna find yeah. out anyway. Um, was supposed to be like the main character, and then I think Nintendo was like, slap Diddy Kong on that. Oh, sort, just, sort of a thing. You were talking about Timber, of course. Oh, of course. Timber the Tiger. Who could forget? Who, our good friend um, Timber the Tiger. Yeah, cousin of Tony the Tiger. Yeah, with his catchphrase, mm, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so yeah, I think it started out as a different game, which is why it doesn't feel particularly Donkey Kong themed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, I felt a little bit like I was cheating uh playing as characters other than Diddy Kong because yeah. I was like, we're doing April and <laughs> this game has no monkeys yeah. in it if you don't play Diddy. Yeah, I, I think I exclusively played Conquer. Mm. Um and I actually haven't played Conquer's Bad for a Day. It's something that weighs heavy on my heart because it's <laughs> a very me kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um but I think even back in the day before I had any idea who Conquer was, I just liked him the best. Yeah. Well, he's got a good design. That's why yeah. he got the game, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he, he actually looks... Uh, like a mascot yeah. character. And it's just the right amount of... This is becoming the Conker's Bad Fur Day podcast. <laughs> he's the right amount of, like, a cute character in Rareware style that it's like... Yeah, and he's got that 90s attitude. He does have a 90s attitude. He, he yeah. does that good, uh, irreverent South Park humor. Yeah, I mean, like, Sonic would actually be, like, a good comparison. He's got those kind of proportions with, like, the smaller limbs and everything. Like, he's got, like, a little bit of, like, a classic cartoon character vibe. Like, you could draw him with, like, the Mickey Mouse glove hands. Right. And it would look appropriate. Yeah. I actually am struggling to remember if he does not have that. He does not. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I actually do love the fact that there are all these characters that feel just so appropriate in the, in the game. Um, and it is kind of a shame that they don't do anything. Uh, I actually am not sure even at this moment if the different characters have different stats. They, I, I don't know. I I guess the answer is yes. I don't know. There's no way to like view them or anything, but yeah, like, like something like Crunch, who's the alligator, Uh who does also have like a very Kremlin uh style uh designed to him um he's definitely like slower but has like a higher top speed and like doesn't turn as well mm-hmm. like, i think it's very similar to mario kart in that way and like yeah. the lighter character like the, the smaller characters are faster um but or like quicker to accelerate but don't have, have a not as high top speed right and maneuver better <laughs> those are et all cetera, of the things yeah. usually i'm not sure <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know if there's, like, a weight component like there is in Mario Kart where if you, like, bump into somebody who weighs more than you, then you will get spun out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe that there is, but uh, all of the other stats seem to be more or less in line mm-hmm. based on that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting because, like, a lot of the times, and as a kid and as an adult, I mostly just chose who the fuck I wanted to play as. It didn't consider the stat changes all that much. Yep. Still to this day, I've never once in any kart racing game picked a character based on stats. Right. 
Uh, it just seems very antithetical to the, like, gr- it's, like, it's weird because, like, you talk about, like, Smash Brothers, which is, like, the ultimate crossover game mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, all these characters, you want to pick the character you like the best, but also you could like a character who you just don't like the way that they play. Mm-hmm. In one of these games, everybody plays exactly the same. Basically. Yeah. Have all the same buttons. It's a lot harder to perceive the differences. Yeah. So, like, why would you ever play as Mario? Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it warms my heart to hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> and Smash Brothers, though, is the best character. Um... <laughs> in uh in diddy kong racing though i actually did occasionally enjoy taking old diddy out for a spin because mm. diddy doesn't really get represented in anything mm-hmm. which is kind of a shame both for diddy kong and his ego uh but also because like this is his named title mm-hmm. and he's irrelevant to it <laughs> Are you downplaying the importance of Diddy's Conquest? <laughs> that is true. It is Donkey Kong Country right, yeah. to Diddy's Conquest, but it is Diddy's game. Sure. It's definitely the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can debate in the comments <laughs> if I mean between Donkey Kong Country and, or between it and Diddy Kong <laughs> Yeah, in this playthrough, I didn't play as Diddy at all. Mm-hmm. As I said, I just played as Conker because I felt like it. But yeah. um, uh, now I also like Diddy Kong. I feel like when I played this as a kid, I did use him as well. And I, he was always one of, like, probably, like, top two favorites in Donkey Kong 64. Like, I've always liked Diddy as a character a lot. Yeah. And it is kind of sad. <laughs> this is just Donkey Kong talk in general, that, like, Rareware had the IP, and then they got bought by Microsoft, and Nintendo hasn't really known what to do with Donkey Kong. Yeah. Um, Retro picked up the Donkey Kong Country titles, which are, are very good, in my opinion, but it still kind of feels like Donkey Kong just gets put on the shelf most of the time, <laughs> which is sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Donkey Kong, slightly less so than his, like... Uh, other cast members like it makes more sense with uh like kitty kong Mm -hmm. who is an abomination (laughs) that nobody likes but uh uh, but when it comes to diddy like diddy is like the robin Mm -hmm. like of batman and robin of the the donkey kong franchise he's like always there with dk and all of the uh the games that rare makes and so they give him this outing and then the plot of this game is like you're on an island that one seems fine. <laughs> yeah. But it's apparently under siege by Pig Madengar. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Whizpig. Cusard. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Cubert fame. Uh, is terrorizing the island. And you have to do races to, which, uh, you know, whatever. You're going to do races. It's a racing yeah. game. They wanted to put a plot in. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to be like, well, how does it, you beat him in a race? Why does he just go home? Uh, He's an honorable man. That's yeah. why. <laughs> this is what separates Wizpig <laughs> from Pigma Dengar. Yeah. Who is not an honorable man at all. <laughs> uh, but, and then, but it's not like explained to you. I think this might be an in the manual kind of plot. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> I thought maybe you were like, no, well, I found the, <laughs> if you find the, the jiggies in the corner, they'll explain to you. 
Uh, n- not as far as I know. <laughs> There's no hidden jiggies. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely feels like it's of that era where like all of the fleshing out was done in the manual. Yeah. Uh, but it does feel like it would have been really easy to put like a little opening cutscene to explain, like give a little bit of setup. Yeah. They spend a lot of time on that genie elephant. Mm, uh, Taj. Taj, who floats in on the magic carpet after every race. But that is definitely the same animation. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's about all you're going to get in the form of a cutscene in this game uh, up until the very end of it. Yeah. So. Speaking of Taj... Um... That's one of the things that, like, I really remembered as a kid. Like, I don't know how many memories you have of playing this. Um, But I always thought that it was, like, so cool that he was just running around in the field. Mm -hmm. It was just one of those things. You had to, like, dial your mind back, like, to what it was like to play games as a kid or, like, when 3D games were new. Uh, Because, like, just something as simple as that seemed, like, so cool. I remember, like, Diddy Kong Racing just seemed like this really magical, cool game. Just because it had a little hub world <laughs> and like like an NPC running around in a field, it just seemed like really significant <laughs> to my like what seven year old brain. No, yeah. no, I was older than that, but whatever. whatever. Nine year old brain. No, you, I was younger than. Yeah, that. you weren't. Strike nine. it, reverse. Stri- it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but no, let's let's actually let's talk about the hub world because it actually is like no joke. The some of the mechanical stuff that they put in this game. It feels like Rare wanted to sort of make a combo racing collect-a-thon game. Because yeah. that's what they made like, for. Yeah, inject that uh, Banjo-Kazooie DNA into a Mario Kart. Yeah, and some of it lands and some of it doesn't land as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the hub world is, like, kind of the masterstroke of this game. Um, there are a couple other elements that I think are extremely good, but... This one in particular really sings because you you get that like um, feeling of discovery with it because even though it takes all of, I mean, maybe it would take longer as a kid. Mm -hmm. As an adult, it took me all of like two minutes to realize that you could get in different vehicles and go to different parts of the island. But because it's like the waterway and then there's the, the pathway above the tunnel thing Mm -hmm. uh that you can take the plane through it gives you an incentive to switch vehicles and kind of get accustomed to them uh and it it feels like ooh secret other world that you go to and is like sorry i don't have enough balloons for that but it is still there and it's cool to like find and look at yeah just like that kind of non-linear like uh like hub in place of a menu as a way to like present content that like mario 64 pioneered Mm -hmm. it's just so good (laughs) um and it's used to great effect in this like i feel like i could do a whole youtube video essay on how cool hub worlds are and how i feel like they didn't get fully explored before they were dropped for other things Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i just think it's it's really good in this like you just get to as you said, it, it's a way to like get um, accustomed to using the different vehicles, and then you get to do the little races with Taj in between uh, certain uh, triggers that you get, like completing certain tasks, mm-hmm. which like familiarizes you even more. It's just it's just really well done, and it, yeah, it feels like organic. It feels like you discover things for yourself. Um, and yeah, it's just fun, and it it makes it more memorable, I think, especially at the time. 
Yeah. Yeah, especially at the time. Because people were already losing their shit about, uh, like, Peach's castle in Mario 64. And if you ever hear a Mario 64 retrospective these days, they always call out Peach's castle. The player doesn't have to go into the first level right away. They can spend time running around, figuring out what Mario can do. Um, and there isn't, like, a lot to do there, but it is a playground. It's got ledges and, and gaps to jump over. And this kind of works in the same way. Yeah, it just feels strangely intuitive. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't even think of it. It's a way to, like, completely transform the idea of, like, a level select or, like, a menu. It just, like, make it the game world itself. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that actually uses the medium. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're not going up to a drive-thru and being like, hell, let me get a level number three. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that joke was really good. Uh... (laughs) But it's staying in. It makes sense. Yeah. It was kind of dumb, but. <laughs> Just I thought of with menu. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta I got put it. those pieces together. I got, no, it, you made, know? it made sense. Let it me explain sense. the joke to you a little. All right. No, yeah. uh... It'll make it funnier. Continue. <laughs> I won't have an outburst like that again, I swear. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, and then the hub world kind of breaks into the the menu parts which are like your individual levels but even then like you drive into the car or into you (laughs) you drive into the levels with your car or more likely you run into the time trial stopwatch guy a hundred times and are like please stop talking to me (laughs) uh which actually happened to me with taj as well which i i was massively embarrassed about Uh because he's the world is so big around him. And one time I just like came out of an area and just flew a plane directly <laughs> into his head and was like, how did I do that? That is incredible that you ever ran into a character on accident. <laughs> uh, anyway, I didn't finish this game because I'm too bad at it. That I was mean, the perfect same Same Z's, but... Uh, but no, that's, that is, that's, I mean, that's the hub world. That's Mm -hmm. as much as I think I I probably have on it, really. Uh, so what do you think about the different vehicles? Hate (laughs) them. Uh, the car controls like a car Mm -hmm. and I'm mostly happy with it. The way that the drifting works in the car is so intense compared to any other drifting mechanic in one of these games. Mm-hmm. You, like, press the R button, and you're already de- doing, like, crazy corkscrews. And then if you press the brake button as well, they get even tighter. Uh, but then the the plane and the watercraft are insufferable in that order. I, I like the plane better than the, the hover car. Yeah, I actually don't mind the plane for the most part. Like, I kind of hate actually flying it around the hub world mm. more than I hate, or, um, yeah, more than I hate actually doing the levels where you have to fly the plane. Um, but yeah, the hovercraft sucks dick. It's so bad. And I hate it. Um, like, I think all of the vehicles have this problem. Um, and this is probably, like, my big thing of, like, why I don't, uh, really like this game that much. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. But, um, it's that, like, the. This, like, I feel like it's the turning sensitivity. It, it feels like it's really easy to like steer one way and then kind of like go a little too far and then steer back and overcorrect and then they just kind of snake. 
Like, you'll yeah. get used to it, and you won't do that so much. But, like, it, the turning sensitivity just feels off to me. It's like they were sitting there, they were coding it, and they were like, okay, like, Mario Kart controls like this, and, like, it feels responsive and good to control. <laughs> so, like, what if we made our game harder by making it less responsive and harder to control? And, mm-hmm. like, that's the challenge. Yeah. And, the... and everyone who's good at this game is going to call me a pussy baby. It sucks. <laughs> but I just, I feel like the way the, the vehicles control is just a little, is just a little bit too off. Yeah. To me. The, the hovercraft is like the idea behind it. I get because mm-hmm. they wanted a third thing because I guess the comedy rule of threes mm-hmm. uh, and this game is a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 car and plane to me plane seems the most out there mm-hmm. but it also feels the most natural inclusion i don't know why that is mario kart ended up adding fucking hang gliding so i, I don't think i'm alone in mm-hmm. taking to the air seems like it makes sense so the third one it had to be this like hybrid ground water craft mm-hmm. um that they were like, Wave Race 64 is cool. <laughs> I mean, Wave Race 64 is cool, but in that game, you can ride a dolphin. Mm-hmm. And in this game, you can't even be a dolphin in a hovercraft. This is lame. Uh, <laughs> but it, it feels like the mechanical idea was like, let's take the car, and then we'll take the fucking running on ice physics from every platformer and just permanently apply it to the car. <laughs> so now you slide all over the place, and you can't make turns. Mm-hmm. Um which is hard. It makes all of the races with them really hard. And you end up in a situation in every one of them, if you're me, where you hit a wall, everybody goes by you, and then you're like, guess I guess that run is over now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, like, if you hop through your turns, it'll mitigate that. And if you don't turn quite as sharp, um, it helps as well. Like, if you go a little bit more, like, obtuse in your uh-huh. angle of turn it works out all right but yeah it, it does it is very hard to get used to mm-hmm. and i just never really did yeah. if i'm being honest i've beaten a couple of races that require the the hovercraft but for the most part i <laughs> i just was unable to yeah i sympathize yeah it did definitely make the octopus boss fight much harder <laughs> Uh, but I persevered, because yeah. I wasn't going to let him fucking beat me. Well, the octopus is like, you basically, to win the octopus fight, mm-hmm. you have to have a, some combination on a sliding scale where you start out needing all luck. And over time, you replace bits of the luck that you need with rote memorization. Mm-hmm. And you say, this is where the bubbles are going to be. Because, like you said, you can't make tight turns, so it's difficult to avoid things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just have to remember where everything is and steer around it. Um, and that's, that is challenging, mm-hmm. but it's not particularly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did watch some people do it like, le- quote, legitimately uh-huh. where they like follow close behind him, dodge all of the mines and then shoot him with a rocket and get past him. And then, you know, are able to stay ahead. Right. Uh, I was not ever able to do that. <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> Um, I just, I got lucky and was able to just like boost ahead of him on the first lap and just beat him that yeah, way. Because his, he Thank doesn't God. shoot things in front yeah, of him. He, yeah. It's, it's so hard to play it normally. Yeah. 
it's just a all of the bosses are hard in their own way Mm -hmm. and it the triceratops boss feels like the one that is the most fair even though he literally cheats like yeah. in the beginning of the race, he takes off first, but well, it still I think they feels all like do that. yeah. But I'm, he's fair, other than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he still feels like you are uh, you are do- doing a more straightforward race. The gimmick is basically that you're going up a big spiral. Yeah, yeah. So I don't you know. have to just be stressed out that you're gonna drift too hard and spin out. Mm-hmm. Uh. Then we got we bled into some bosses there. I uh-huh. want to talk about progression through the game as its own sort of topic, uh-huh. um, but I would like to do so along with all the other stuff that we still have to talk about in this game. Mm-hmm. After the break. gonna release our podcast as an album it's already set up for it it has track numbers we'll just take like a three and a half minute clip from random episodes and release them as tracks (laughs) just like put the same casio like pre-made beat (laughs) yeah over all of them be like a fucking wesley willis album uh (laughs) so welcome back to the podcast um (laughs) I was talking about progression, uh, and the thing about the progression that I wanted to talk about, because we're going to talk about the bosses a little bit uh, more than we already have, but my main qualm with this game Uh is the silver coin challenges. Uh, I think that this was just a an all around awful idea with super extra bad uh, application sauce on it. Uh, it does. I agree. Um, I, I really don't like these kinds of challenges and like that they're usually optional in games. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so you, the, what it is is that you have to, once you've beaten all the tracks, you then unlock the unlock the ability uh, to do the tracks again. The privilege. And, yeah, the, you have the privilege. <laughs> will enjoy it. Um, you have to do the tracks again. Um, this time collecting, I think it's eight silver coins, uh, and you have to also get first place. Uh, so you have to play the track like over and over again to like figure out where all the coins are, how to get them and then get them as quick as possible. And just so you can focus on winning the race too. (laughs) Yes. Uh, it is, it is very tedious, um, and annoying. Yeah. And it makes it like. It makes you feel so bad because you you remember the races and the ones that were hard. And then you have to go back and do it again, but now in a prescribed path, mm-hmm. which makes it just so much worse to lose. Because you're like, I could have won that if I didn't have to veer like 180 degrees off of where I was going to pick up this coin and then get back in the race. Yep, and it's compounded by, like, my least favorite thing about the game, which is, like, the sensitivity of the steering. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to, like, try to go for a coin, and balloons for that matter, like, not even the coins, and just over or undershoot it. Like, it's very easy to just miss something. Yeah. And the coins, like, bless their hearts, 
have a wider range that you can pick them up than the balloons yeah, do. It's, it is more generous, but <laughs> but it is still like you still have to get within not the not generous of them. enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it ends up being this like complete halt of your progress, I guess, unless you were very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you have to, after finishing a level, go back through that level again. And then fight a bot who we've already described as being very difficult in a harder form in order to obtain all the pieces and make it to the end. And it's funny because, like, we've talked about this before. One of the, like, ultimate podcast resources of all time is How Long to Beat. And they have this game listed as being, like, a 13-hour game. I don't know who is beating this game <laughs> that quickly. <laughs> like, it's so difficult that, like, I spent... I probably played this game for about 10 hours before the podcast, mm-hmm. and I finished the main races in three levels, like, half of them in in the fourth, and the first level silver coin challenge. So I was, like, not halfway through the game at that point because there is a level beyond the four main ones that you get after you finish the first boss mm-hmm. and uh and i was already like bumping up against that their estimation numbers it just it felt like the silver coin challenges and the fact that they're so difficult seemed like it was length padding for yeah this game. it absolutely is mm-hmm. and i will hear no explanation <laughs> otherwise <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, no, I feel the same way. Like, I don't, I don't know how long, how many hours I put in. I wasn't really keeping track. Um, but it's probably comparable to what you did. And um, I just, it, how long to beat says like 13 fucking hours, which is bullshit. And then um, <laughs> I, I also, like, if you ever talk to people about this game, like, everybody's got like a positive, nostalgic memory of this game. And so I was like, do I just, like, suck really bad? Like, I was, like, being gaslit by my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, and then there, I just showed you with this YouTube video we watched right. um, before coming in to record this. I was like, it felt so cathartic to watch that. <laughs> I was like, because th- this guy on YouTube, and I wish I remember the name so I could shout it out, but yeah. oops. Um, <laughs> he, 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 like, makes an effort to complete the game. And he documents just how fucking hard it is. And I was like, oh, okay, it's not just me. This game is, like, stupidly hard. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I know that the the main thing that makes this game as hard as it is is those silver coin challenges. Yeah. You could argue also the bosses, but you have to complete the silver coin challenges to get to them. So definitely at least part of it. Uh, it's like... I don't know, because it, it is. I also have a positive, nostalgic memory of this mm-hmm. game. Like, everyone does. Mm-hmm. Like, I played it as a kid, too, and I don't remember it feeling like <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's like a fucking joke on this cast uh-huh. that, like, I'm old games literate, uh-huh. and, like, we'll play a game, and you'll be like, this fucking sucked, and I'll be like, I had a fine time with it. <laughs> yeah, I know But, like... Even for me, like, there, it's just, there's something about it that just feels off. Like, it's hard, it's really hard. Yeah. It feels poorly balanced, is yeah. what it is. Like, yeah. you end up, like, because you play through the main, like we were just talking about, like, you play through the main races, and they can be really hard, 
until you get that yeah. lead. And, and some of just, them are easy. Yeah. yeah. And you just pass through it. And it, it doesn't seem like it's by level or by vehicle or anything. It just seems like a complete random chance whether you're going to find a race to be really easy or really difficult. But the Silver Coin Challenges are all hard. Yeah. Like, the, I did them in the first level, and yeah. they weren't super bad. But the one with that level with the bridge does suck. Suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every one after that felt like it was impossible. Yeah, I did a couple in the snow area, but that's as many as I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's so complicated. It's like a, a it is a memorization challenge. Because you do have to know where the coins are. So, like, you have to... It's like a multi-stage yeah, and process. It, and it's like an execution thing, too. Mm-hmm. It is easy to miss stuff, as I said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, not... you're on the last lap, <laughs> and, like, you try to go for that coin, and you fucking miss it. And mm-hmm. you're like, God damn it. <laughs> I just did this whole race, and I have to do it again. Yep. Get all the coins, <laughs> and be in first place. Yeah, like, when I started it, when I started doing Silver Coin Challenges, my assumption was that you didn't have to win. And the first one that I completed, I won entirely by chance. Uh-huh. And then the second one, I didn't, and it was like, no balloon, and I was like, fuck off, <laughs> no balloon, fuck you, how? You went and ran over Tosh. And the yeah. other ones. <laughs> He's like, I'm here to help you. I was like, you clearly are not. <laughs> uh... Which is also another thing that I want to shout at is the first line that they say to you is, I'm the genie. I'm here to help you. And he doesn't do anything. He just lets you switch your vehicle. Yeah. He's here to help you by being a menu. Not that helpful, Taj. How did this happen? Uh, Okay. I think I can do a better job of this. Than I was able to on the uh, No More Heroes episode. Uh huh. <laughs> a little bit more eloquent. Yeah. We mentioned everybody having a positive memory of this game, and there is an extremely good reason for it. And that is, this game is seemingly designed to live in your memory as a positive uh, thing. Because the parts of this game that are not crushingly difficult are as charming as Rare is even capable of being in this era. Like, this was their golden age. Their golden eye age, even. Mm -hmm. uh, Of games where everything felt very, like, neatly created and uh, the presentation took like a precedence over things. And this game is not different. This game looks really good for the time. Very colorful and friendly looking. The music fucking rules. Uh, I think it's the most like hot and cold for me as far as like tracks go Mm -hmm. in Rare's catalog of the time. Yeah. Like the, the tracks are good and they have that catchy um, Grant Kirkhope, David Wise style that rare has yeah um but yeah it felt like they were shorter loops to me mm-hmm. so like, yeah like there are some that totally slap but like i think on average it's a little lower quality in my opinion than most of their games yeah but still very good yeah it's still really They're, good they music. were batting a thousand back then so <laughs> even if it's the worst which i'm not saying it is but even if it was i would still be very like you know 
a great soundtrack. Yeah, it would be memorable. At <laughs> yeah, least. that's. Uh, I feel like the music in Rareware games for me. I know a lot of people like to heap praise onto the soundtracks, and I'm not different than that. I think mm-hmm. that they are all really good. I've got the fucking Banjo Kazooie vinyl. Like, yeah. I, I really <laughs> like their music sometimes. Um, but I feel like it has this specific problem: is the really like laughy kind of goofy sounds that they choose to use in their music tread a thin line where you can do it and they often do excellently in a way that makes it feel whimsical and fun while still having yeah giving it a nice personality while still being catchy in that old games music kind of way Mm -hmm. but then the other half of the time when they when they toe the line too far uh it feels like very weird 3d gen like kids movie from taiwan i actually <laughs> totally agree with you um yeah like something like and i'm sorry if this is anybody's favorite song mm-hmm. but like rusty bucket bay from banjo kazooie mm-hmm. is nauseating <laughs> and bad The MIDI, like, trombone <laughs> melody on that is, like, so bad. Yeah. And it just, it's so repetitive. Um, but, yeah, it, it, there are some misses. I, yeah, basically, exactly what you just said. But, like, most of the time it hits. Um, and, yeah, in a way that I hadn't really kind of thought of before. But I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it just has, like, a weird vibe to it. Yeah, it's like they, and I think you were getting at something. Like, it does feel like... They tried to, especially, like, the Grant Kirkhope era, like, the N64, like, MIDI soundtrack era. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like, he tried to, and whoever else was composing music for them at the time, um, tried to, like, capture those old game melodies and tr- also try to, like, inject, like, a unique sound like Chiptune did for those old, and, like, give it, like, a distinct identity. Yeah. And for the most part, succeeded. You know, and you know, if you need to have a few misses to hit that many home runs, then yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Maybe not yeah. batting a thousand; they're batting <laughs> yeah. like seven fifty. Yeah, yeah, no, really, pretty good, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this has been our music analysis corner. Yeah. <laughs> well, Can you is. tell we don't know what we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but I just I want to call back to like um, like Hypnospace Outlaw, right? It has music that is written as irony it's like intentionally bad yeah like something somebody figured out how to make like with some random 90s gonna give you a virus software yes uh and put on their myspace profile yeah and that shit is funny (laughs) and works because of the context that surrounds it i feel like uh this era of rare music feels like that done unironically and mostly really well it's just those misses end up feeling like really because i like weird shit and the fact that they put they use so many like weird instrumentation like dogs barking and shit you're like oh this is like i would never choose to listen to this without knowing like what it was you know but because they do it well it ends up working and then just, man, sometimes you're like, God, th- that was the wrong MIDI choice mm-hmm. to make in this one. Uh, the MIDI bitty choice. <laughs> but to this game's credit, I think most of its songs are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I think that especially the like stage select 
overworld music and yeah, the ones several that count. of the tracks. Yeah. yeah, the ones that you're going to hear a lot are honestly some of my favorites. Yeah, like, they're very good. Yeah. I always remember the title screen song. <laughs> it's a good one. For sure, yeah. So another nostalgic memory similar to Taj is I remember Wizpig. I kind of want to talk a little bit more about Wizpig. Go for it. Like there's that I think I had also I also played this at my aunt's house. Like um and uh I, they had I think they had beaten the game because uh, they're true gamers apparently. <laughs> um and I think after you have beaten the game when you boot it up it plays that cutscene of like Wizpig coming out from behind the lighthouse and stomping around and like i i legitimately feel like that was like imposing and scary to me as a child sure so i feel like whiz pig is a pretty good villain in that respect like i think rare was really good at making those like you love to hate him kind of villains yeah like even though he gets like almost no screen time and zero characterization other than evil mm-hmm. uh he, he he definitely like stands out as like a really memorable part of this game I would agree. I think if I had any complaints about Wizpig, thematically, uh-huh. is that I'm sad that this came before Banjo-Kazooie to show that Rare just wanted to put a villain's face as a mountain. Mm. They're big mountain face fans, for some reason. Uh, it shows hubris, you know? That's true, yeah. That's characterization right yeah. there. Whew. I no, would okay. have my face in a mountain <laughs> if I uh, was... An evil villain, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like is even though um, a lot of people don't like ukulele, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Capital B is a great villain. Like they're just really good at doing that kind of like cartoon villain. Does he have a mountain with his face on it? <sighs> he might have a statue of himself. I don't think he he has like a big like corporate factory building. Overconfidence was not his flaw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I agree with that. I think, like, his design is very... It's... How do I describe this? It's kind of clip-arty, in yeah, a way. It almost makes me think of, like, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Or something. It's like a pig in a humanoid form, and he's wearing a wizard outfit. I love that it's like a half cape. It's, yeah. like, not a full cape. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to trip up. He's a racer. Yeah. He's got to have freedom of movement. Yeah, no, I know. I know what you mean. It's because I think it's just because of like early three D modeling. Like his clothes are just very like painted on texture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which makes him look a bit silly. Uh, but I do. I almost. I love him. J- maybe because of that. Yeah. I don't want to give him like full pass as great villain. Uh, no, no. Because at least part of the reason I like him is because I think there are parts of it that are bad. <laughs> Yo, no, no. Yeah. I don't mean to imply that he's like a great villain. Mm-hmm. He's no Gruntilda or anything or K. Rule. Mm-hmm. But like he's 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 good. Like he he pulls his weight. All all of that weight that he's pulling around. See, what I heard was <laughs> call up the guy who directed The Hangover and get Joaquin Phoenix cuz the real villain movie is Wizpig. Like the Disney remake, like, <laughs> sympathetic villain thing. Uh-huh. Like, you loved M- Maleficent and Cruella. Now. From the- <laughs> You'll love Joaquin Phoenix as Wizpig. It's about J-A-O-Z. <laughs> like, does that make sense? I don't know. Uh, 
I think this is like the third time that we've randomly cast a movie in the middle of a podcast. It's a thing we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it sucks as like a as a whiz pig fan as. <laughs> The whiz, pig, the whiz pigs are having a shitty season this year. <laughs> they really like are. a minor league hockey team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got whiz pig season tickets. <laughs> the wheeling whiz pigs. Uh, <laughs> but it sucks that the plot is so de-emphasized because, like, you don't get to see him that much, yeah. other than his big, <laughs> big face. face. Yeah. yeah, which does just come to life, and then he himself is much smaller. It would have been cool if he was like a like an eight story tall pig. Just be a, it would be very intimidating. Mm-hmm. And then, then you'd have to race him though. That's true. It would be you just race against like one foot that keeps stomping down. Oh yeah, yeah. Rare, call me up. <laughs> I got Diddy Kong Racing two plans. Su- super bombad racing. We're dr- we're drinking during this one, yeah. by the way. <laughs> What's up next, boss? Uh, have we already talked about fuck the hovercraft? We did talk about fuck the hovercraft. Oh no, we talked about everything on my notes already. <laughs> the only thing I have, and I don't know how to transition into it, okay. and would be just complaining about the controls some more. Sure. Uh, it, I would. I was wanting to compare the controls um, quite fittingly to the, how the uh, jetpack for Diddy Kong controlled in Donkey Kong sixty four, where it's like, how did this make it past play testing? <laughs> Levels of like this just doesn't feel right. It made it into the final product. Uh huh. Um, but I feel like that was just more common back then, and we like to. Or we don't like to, but it's just how human brains work. We forget the bad things and remember the good things. Yeah. No, it is it is strange uh, <laughs> how sometimes everything feels just, like, a little bit off of what you feel like you're inputting. Uh, it could be, like, once again, this is another thing that, like, if we had played this game on emulator, mm. probably would have felt a little bit smoother. But in this in this case, I don't think it has anything to do with the game. I think it's just newer analog sticks are better at, like, actually putting the inputs in. Yeah, like, I will, like, f- fight for the N64 controller. Mm-hmm. Like, the N64 is, like, my first, like, real console uh, and I'm very nostalgic to that controller, and people like to shit on it all the time. Yeah. But even, like, while we were playing this, I was just like, man, the N64, like, joystick is so fucking weird. <laughs> it really is. Like, compared to, like, a PlayStation joystick, because um, I'm also playing Ape Escape. Right. Uh, it's just, like, it's so, like, it's, like, really tall, and, like, I don't it's just really weird compared to other joysticks. Yeah. It, it felt like... Because I have multiple N64 controllers going back through the years. Mm-hmm. And the ones that always felt the best to use are the ones that survived a Mario Party. The ones the that. Ones? Yeah, that I like really ground in so, with yeah. the palm of my hand. See, I have one, like the clear purple one, which is the one that was like the favorite yeah. that we always used, is like that out there. And I don't like using it. Oh, you don't like, like I the don't, loose? I don't like the worn out joystick. We're now joystick team. <laughs> yeah, in the comments, sound out, sound yeah. off below. One like is for <laughs> stiff joysticks. One comment for loose yeah. joysticks. 
That's another one. Don't clip that one either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I agree. I I I agree that about the controls. I disagree on the N sixty four controller. Yeah, because yeah. to me it feels like I'm doing a permanent like self fist bump yeah. when I'm playing. It just it just makes sense to me in a way. Like I don't know. Sure. It's it really because obviously they designed around the idea of their the D pad being way over here. Well, yeah, I think the idea was they hadn't considered that people would want it somehow, and this sounds silly in retrospect, but they, yeah. they had not considered like people would want to design a game that would use both the analog stick and the D pad. Right. So the idea is like the right to um, handles would be for buttons and joystick, and if you wanted to use the D pad, you had the one on the left yeah. and the right to do buttons and D pad. And this game obviously does not make use of the yeah, D-pad. Yeah, so most games don't use the D-pad. D- yeah, they just completely <laughs> remove it. Yeah. Or it's used for some like weird yeah. extra thing. Or like in fighting games, you can choose to use either one. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of a thing was fairly common. Uh, but yeah, it just, I don't know. It doesn't help the old game-ness of this. That yeah. I'm also playing it on original hardware with like a, fun- a totally functional and good n64 controller it's just a controller that i myself have a lot of difficulty with. yeah 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 no, I, I just i feel like for me holding the n64 controller is like you playing like a tony hawk game oh yeah like i just have it in my hand and something just feels good about like the z button and the joystick and the like my hands like slightly up here with the buttons right like something about it just feels like familiar <laughs> i just played a lot of n64 i guess that's true yeah I mean that nobody can deny that. That was uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. Um One other positive thing, I'll just drop in here because mm-hmm. we got a little bit of time left. Um I thought that um while they are in practice, very hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. The stage hazards and stuff in the in these uh, in the tracks in this game are so fun and vibrant, and I really liked how they built out most of the levels. They they are some of the most like lively uh, kart racer levels I think I've ever seen. Uh, mostly <laughs> because other kart racers focus on making the path drivable. Yeah. And this one said, fuck that. Just do whatever, man. Yeah, like the dinosaur. Yeah. Like one of the first couple levels. Like walks across Mm -hmm. the road. Yeah, and they change like per lap. Yeah. So you go by and the dinosaur's long gone, so you don't have to worry about him anymore. Um, It's just very cool to see that kind of stuff implemented. And it isn't unique to this game, Mm -hmm. but I think that it it does it in a very sort of like cartoony, fun way that I like. And I also like that like, um, on certain levels, you can see there will be like a some kind of tunnel mm-hmm. up off the ground, like off oh, for a plane. So like it, it cues you into the idea that like you can do these in multiplayer and use different um, different vehicles to do the tracks. And I think that some tracks get reused with multiple vehicles, either in mm. uh, either in like the different modes or like time trial, maybe. Yeah. But I could be wrong about that. There are definitely levels that look very similar that I thought were the same level. But now I'm second-guessing myself. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it is neat. And honestly, the multiplayer in this game ain't bad. Uh, yeah. If you're not fucking breaking your whole life to try and complete <laughs> the the nonsense challenges in this game, this is a totally serv- serviceable multiplayer. Yeah, no, mode. honestly, that's probably where the nostalgic positive memories come from is actually mm. multiplayer. Yeah. And the battle mode feels like it makes sense in this game as well and is actually executed pretty well. Mm-hmm. It makes me curious as to why they made bosses that are races when they had all of the stuff for a battle mode involved, mm. like just put a health bar on that motherfucker <laughs> instead of making it the cheapest yeah. uh, thing ever. I guess they just didn't think about it. I don't know. <sighs> I don't we know. Were, it was a different time. We were so naive in 1997. <laughs> it just, it feels like I would rather shoot whiz pig with rockets mm. in a plane than, <laughs> drive around his tiny ass track and fucking lose my marbles. Mm-hmm. Do we have Formula One thoughts? <laughs> uh, my Formula One thoughts. Number one. Now, um, <laughs> what I do not understand about, about thoughts Diddy like Kong these. Racing. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout out to Chills. <laughs> <laughs> you a real one. Um, so this is a game that like, that was suggested in February. Yeah. Um, we pushed off till April cause we, we had the theme of monkey games. <laughs> we already had the um, idea. Our, um, it, but as soon as it came up as a suggestion, I was like, oh yeah, like mm-hmm. Diddy Kong racing is exactly the kind of game that we would find it fun to look at because as yeah, like it's the kind of game, as I said earlier, you bring it up and people are like, oh, fuck yeah, Diddy Kong Racing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely wanted to go back to it because, yeah, as I said, it was a game that I rented. I played at my aunt's house, but never really owned. So it does it even more so has that hazy nostalgia to it where it was like, oh, yeah, that was that cool game. I only got to play every once in a while. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was cool to come back to it and actually like play through it and sit down with it. Um, and it's just. I, I I didn't really enjoy my time with it playing it now, um, but I I for me I think the big thing is the control sensitivity. Like the turning felt really weird and like really imprecise and hard to like wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I could just imagine like if this had tighter controls, it feel like it wouldn't be half as hard to me. Like I can imagine like that somebody could like do a mod for it to like mess with the controls and it would just feel like a fully realized version of the game. Like to me. Yeah. Um, like playing it now in 2022 or whatever. But, um, yeah, but like there is still a lot of that rareware charm to it. It's, um, it's interesting. Cause I feel like they just hit every genre in the nineties, you know, like they did first person shooters, platformers fighting games you know like kart racer um and most of them are all good you know like it it is kind of amazing like their um their track record there for like a good eight or so years um and yeah and it just it's cool to see them like experiment and like look at something like they did with banjo kazooie they looked at mario 64 and they're like what could we improve and this, it looks like they looked at Mario Kart, and they're like, what could we improve? Right. And they really swing for the fences on it. It just, I feel like it just just didn't age well. 
um unfortunately but uh yeah a lot of charm and it's a kind of yeah in everyone's nostalgic memory i think is totally valid because like it's the kind of game i want to like this game <laughs> like really bad and it just didn't quite uh didn't quite hold up for me um unfortunately but uh yeah fun time very pleasant good music cool visuals um and yeah so lots of positives and if i had played this like i had owned it as a kid i probably would still have that muscle memory and be really good at it it just seems like one of those kind of games like a snowboarding kids too or something for me (laughs) so yeah i guess i'll i'll just leave it at that um well, I can say, as somebody who did have it as a kid and played a lot of it, that muscle memory is long gone. Because <laughs> um, I was pretty ass at this when I picked it back up. Um, <laughs> this is a really clever game. I think that this game has some good ideas. Some things that I think are really unique. Uh, the hub world that we talked about. The three different vehicles. Uh, like, boss fights in a racing game are kind of a cool concept. Um and some of this stuff has been done, you know, past now. And obviously there were things like in the 2D era that allowed you to use multiple vehicles or whatever. But this feels like a real attempt at making, uh, like, the Mario Kart killer is probably what we would call it these days. And it's just, I think, a little bit too ambitious. Uh, it ends up sort of, it, it's hot and cold. But it's really hot on the pr- on the presentation side, and really cold on the a- on the actual mechanical execution, which is rough because that's what you have to do in order to see more of the- that presentation. Uh, you have to win races if you want to hear the music that plays on the next uh, track. So it ends up being, like you said, not very enjoyable to go back to because it requires like. just a stalwart effort to try and get through a lot of this stuff. Um, I still want to give her props for being cool and for doing cool things and having uh, a very rareware aesthetic uh, that you cannot bottle. Like it's just a thing that they only can do. Uh, And that part is great. And then all of the part where I was racing, I was like, Oh boy. Uh, this is less great, and I don't like it so much. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's kind of it. I that's that's where I'll end. Also, I want to mention uh, that the theme of April is monkey games. Mm-hmm. That is the main theme. The sub theme is that we're playing all of the hardest games ever made, which for some reason all have monkeys in them. Uh, so See, yeah. I feel like we've gotten the two hardest out of the way though. I I would like, agree. By far. Yeah. <laughs> we're through we're past the fucking uh the cutoff point for April. Mm. Now the monkeys will ease up on us. They've gotten used to our scent at this point. <laughs> We've crested the ape hill and are about to make our descent. The apex. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The apex. Yes. Thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, the hardest game ever made. <laughs> 
our first proper Donkey Kong game. Yeah, it's not also not. I would I agree with you fully that it is not <laughs> as hard as uh, either Monkey Ball or Diddy Kong. Uh, but yeah, hey, look at that platformer with Donkey Kong in it. <laughs> wow, holy <laughs> shit! Imagine that. <laughs> Uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to all of our old episodes, uh, the Twitter, the Discord, our email address, uh, and the YouTube channel, uh, where you can go and <laughs> watch a video on... We've never talked about a racing game. Nope. We gotta put that on the docket. <laughs> Let's do a racing game that's like real good. Okay, like uh, Snowboard Kids too. Like Snowboard Kids too. <laughs> uh, but we've talked about rare. Wa- nope, none of those. I don't know. We talked about Mario Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Mario games. Yeah, talked about Mario Odyssey. Talked about Mario 3D World. Uh, I don't know. Hat in Time. Yeah. These are all uh, platformers. Yeah. <laughs> That's the closest we got. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we'll try talking about a racing game later and then yeah. call back to this one. Mark our words and smash that like button. <laughs> Smash your cart into the like button <laughs> while you're trying to go for that balloon that you spin out. Uh huh. You'd be surprised. You would think that you were going to dodge the subscribe button, mm-hmm. but the hitbox is hit so big. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tell us how bad we suck at the game in the comment section. <laughs> Can we use this opportunity to make one of those like DK rap? stupid meme youtube videos i mean if you want to do that i'm not gonna stop you no clip no clip is here that's pretty lame <laughs> i'll start with a better one and see no clip <laughs> doesn't really fit not really and k no clip come Con. <laughs> his podcast gun Fires in spurts. If he reviews your game, it could be worse. (laughs) (laughs) NK. No clip. Come on.